You're listening to El Yoshi Did It Podcast with Yoshi Obayashi. Hey everyone, uh, thanks for listening to the new episode of Yoshi Den. I am back in San Fernando Valley, Chatsworth and Canoga Park area. And um, please download my Yoshi Den app at Apple Store. As well as if you cannot donate, please buy uh, my t shirts at yoshiden.com. It's very difficult for me to continue doing the show without a little bit of assistance from you guys. So if you can, I appreciate it. Anyway, I'm in the valley with my friend Wen Hain. Hi. Wayne and I, we, we were in the business for quite a long time in adult business. And today I want to talk to him about what he used to do for AVN, which is Adult Video News, um, his background, and where the business is going today and for the future. So, Wayne, thanks for doing this. I know I've been trying to, uh, been trying to get you for a while, and I uh, really appreciate you, you going out of your way. I know you're very busy. So. Yeah, I've been trying to do this for like a, like a year now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So Wayne, you know, can you explain to the listeners what what how did you how did you get into business? What you used to do for the adult video news, well, ABN, and any other business that you were associated? Well, I got into the business um, back in two thousand one. Um, I had a friend who uh, I worked with somebody who back in two thousand. Uh, uh, I had a friend, mm-hmm. uh, or rather somebody I worked with, and her cousin wrote scripts in porn. And uh, she found out that I was going up to L.A. Uh, on vacation. I'm from Hawaii originally. and So, you, so your mm-hmm. intention was never to get in adult business. You kind of fell into it. I always, I never thought I would, but I always hoped. Mm-hmm. But, um, but what happened was that I met her cousin. Um, her cousin showed me around. And uh, her cousin showed me around. Yeah. And um, uh, I went to a couple sets, and he took me around to see some people he knew at AVN. Wait, so this is your first trip to L.A. too? No, nah, it was my first trip to L.A. But, you know, it was, um, uh, but it was the first one that, you know, I knew anybody who worked in the, that I knew anyone who worked in the porn business. So it was... Uh, it what, was you, what year? Uh, it was back in 2000. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so he took me around. I went to some sets. Um, and he took me around to AVN because he knew some people at AVN. Sure. Uh, he knew Todd Hunter. He was a good friend of his. One so, of the writers for AVN. Yeah. 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 Adult video news. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, he also introduced me to Mike Ramone. And, uh, Another writer for them. Sure. Well, back then, <clears throat> he'd just gotten installed as the editor-in-chief. Um, and his his specialty is like writing constitutional stuff about porn business and free speech and things. No, like that, that was too? That, that was Mark Kearns. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. But uh, but Mike any, anyway, he introduced me to Mike, and then sure. Mike found out that I had a uh, a degree in journalism. Sure. Mike immediately asked me if I wanted to review porn, which I said yes because you know if you're not in the business, that's kind of the coolest thing you could think of doing and getting paid for. So I wrote reviews for a couple months. And, and to explain to people, mm-hmm. because 
Mm-hmm. Anyone trying to get into porn business mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it looks pretty desperate right now. But I got in, you know, when I started meeting people in the business in 1999, yeah. it, it just looked like a, this is a booming business. Sure. It, it just seemed like nothing could go wrong. Sure. But I wouldn't say that people still, <laughs> I wouldn't say that people got the message yet that mm-hmm. the business is in trouble and that it's dying. Uh, I still get people coming up to me asking me how they can get in. Sure. And it's, um, it's, it's, it's funny because when you pop their bubble, you can almost see the, you know, you can almost see them just kind of like, oh, you know, like. Well, especially yeah. for guys. And I, I, I sure. definitely was one of those guilty ones, like a lore and fantasy mm-hmm. of a whole thing where you think mm-hmm. naked girls are running around and mm-hmm. free sex and things like that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's true to some other people, but. Uh-huh. But, yeah. <laughs> I saw, I saw a little of it, but, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you hear stories about, well, if you were in this business 10 years ago. Sure. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. And. But yeah, and and especially for guys, because especially for guys that want to perform, sure, you know, they want to get into the business, they want to perform, they think it's going to be easy. But then you you tell them, listen, you want to be a guy, you want to perform, you know, there's a hundred other guys behind you, you know, and there's a thousand guys in front of you, sure, you know, and if you do get out here, and if you do get lucky enough for someone to put you in something. It's not like you're going to be put in a, you know, a regular boy-girl scene. You're probably going to be some guy in a gangbang or some guy in a bukkake or some guy that's slapping balls with and another I've, I've, been to, I've been to many of those sets, and uh-huh. I used to do paperwork for them. And yeah. I think a lot of young kids still think mm-hmm. they could become next Sasha Gray's and James Dean of the world. Yeah. You know, there's some, some of that stuff that's happened still. For the vast majority of them, it's, it's, it's you know. It, well, somebody's got to be the next Sasha Gray or the next James Dean, but it's, sure. it's, it's kind of like a, a lottery. I mean, it's like winning the lottery. Um, you know, chances are you're going to be slapping balls with another guy because you're doing a DP with whoever. Sure. You know, you might not even like the chick, more than likely, you know. And I remember some of my friends, like Guy DeSoba, he was mm-hmm. telling me he, he started, like, fucking... Ugly chicks, fat girls, old ladies, people missing limbs and things like that. So, well, and after a while, people get a, a reputation for sure. being okay with that. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, you might take those jobs, but you might not. But you want to might want to think twice about keep on. It, it's uh, very similar to baseball. Some some mm-hmm. some guys uh-huh. ended up playing in the minor league, league mm-hmm. forever, and others they go straight to major. It depends mm-hmm. on who you are and if you're yeah. lucky. But um, going back, so yeah, <clears throat> so. Journalism major from Hawaii, yeah, and you start working for AVN, right? Yeah, away. yeah. So I was reviewing for a couple months, and uh, the thing about reviewing is that the regular, the guys that work at AVN proper, they keep the good stuff for themselves. So they were sending me tranny stuff. Uh, I had a couple tranny movies, yeah, but a lot of it was just really bad gangbang movies, you mm-hmm. know, that sort of thing. So um, after a couple months of that. Mike Ramon gives me a call and he says, hey, you know, uh, there is a, there's an opening. And uh, if you want it, you know, you can move full time. Wait, so this is a part-time job. So you get paid for every movie you review, right? Yeah, it was a, it was a freelance gig. So I, I was see. getting paid for every movie that I reviewed. Yeah. And, uh, and I was doing this back in Hawaii. Right. And um, so Mike Ramon calls. He offers mm-hmm. a full-time position. And I said, well, sure, why not? So I moved up here. Um, the first day... Uh, that I was working was at the first day of the 2001 AVN show. So that's uh, that's kind of a good way of, like, you know, going in headfirst. 
And uh, I worked there for about two and a half, yeah, almost three years. And uh, after that, I did a lot of PR, um, mm -hmm. did some production assistant work, did some PMing, production managing work. Um, pretty much, you know, I shot some BTS, so it's kind of... It's a lot of the jobs that you could have in porn that doesn't involve taking your pants off. <laughs> so, well, for, you know, mm -hmm. maybe most of the listeners are not mm -hmm. curious. I, I'm always curious about, you know, different areas mm -hmm. of adult business. Mm -hmm. Like, I work for Evil Angel, mm -hmm. one of the most prestigious companies out there. And that's how we met. That's how we met. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know inner workings of Evil Angel because mm -hmm. they're very private on, the, mm -hmm. on that matter. Mm -hmm. So what was it like working for AVM? Because... For those of mm -hmm. you, uh, the mm -hmm. listeners, mm -hmm. AVN was important for many years because they were the industry standards of reviewing movies. Mm -hmm. And if you're, if you're on a production company, mm -hmm. you have to put a, your ads in there because mm -hmm. many of the retailers mm -hmm. throughout North America mm -hmm. will base what they're going to sell the store based on what mm -hmm. the AVN mm -hmm. guys are saying, like mm -hmm. th three and a half stars out of five or whatnot. So, sure. th so the reviews are actually mm -hmm. important for the uh, retailers, right, back then? Mm. Oh, do, do you think there was more? There's other reasons why the production companies well, are putting ads in the magazine. Well, let me put it this way: um, mm -hmm. working for AVN, you are in a. It's kind of like you're in a. When you work for AVN, everybody has an opinion about AVN. Sure. Because, like you said, they review the movies, and but they also do the AVN award show at the end of the right. year. Right. Which is kind of, you know, the, the one leads into the other. But, but yeah, I mean, as far as the reviews go... Do you think um, that was a conflict of interest? I don't know. And uh, here's the thing, and, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Because it's kind of like a chicken and egg kind of argument. The people that would argue that the only people that would win were the people who had a lot of money and who could afford a lot of ads, you know, that's... That's like could be true, but at the same time, the only people that could make the kind of movies that would win awards are the kind of people who could, who had the kind of money to take out ads. For um, sure, and I remember mm -hmm. a couple of years, people at Evil Angel were disappointed because they, th I thought they had a lot of good movies that year mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Other production company won mm -hmm. most of it, so <coughs> it's it's it is a really weird sort of. It is a really weird sort of arrangement because for every story I could give mm -hmm. about, you know, well, you know, it, it's 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 the quality of the movie, blah blah blah. Somebody else can chime in with a with a with a case of you know something else winning that didn't have any rhyme or reason as to why it won. Sure. Um, and and, and mm -hmm. frankly, I don't know how many movies they were producing mm -hmm. one year mm -hmm. at the peak of it. Maybe mm -hmm. ten thousand, whatever. Mm -hmm. I know you guys had a very many good workers and company and writers, mm -hmm. but I just don't think even even with that you cannot review every single one of those movies. No, well, we tried. Yeah, you uh, tried. That, that was it's Paul's. just not possible. It's just, just there's just too many movies. Well, that was Paul's mandate. Paul Fishbein, the the guy that owned AVN, mm -hmm. at least when I was there, um, and he was very adamant about reviewing everything under the sun. Um, and to kind of get back to your what you were asking about as far as reviewing, um, the thing about reviewing is that you can't make everyone happy. Sure. It's kind of like one of those things where, um, it's one of those situations where it's like the award show. Yeah. You know, for every award you give, there's 
three other people who are howling and screaming saying, why, why didn't they win? So for every editor's choice you give, and that would be like a four and a half, five stars. Sure. You'd, you'd have you'd have ten people calling you screaming why the hell their why the hell their movie didn't get an editor's choice, and sometimes it got to be very. Uh, sometimes it, it, it it was one of those cases where it was one of those cases where um, no matter what you did, it wasn't enough for a certain group of directors. Yeah, and I'll give you like a case in point. Like there was a director who won a lot of awards. You don't um, want to say the name? A lot of awards. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> a lot, a lot of, of awards. All right. Um, um, and he had a. Uh, I tell you the name, but for but I I don't remember it right now. Um, it was. Um, God, what was his name? Um, it was with Vivid. He directed all their big movies. Paul Thomas. Yeah, Paul Thomas. He had a he had a reputation mm-hmm. of calling, and. Calling and yelling and screaming if he didn't get an editor's choice, and um, you know it was uh, it was one of those things where you had these you had you had, you had these directors, and sometimes they wouldn't be the the usual crop of directors that would call and complain about this sort of thing. Right. It would be just somebody who thought that they had just directed this great movie. And you took a look at and you took a look at it, and really all it was was just another porno movie. But they thought they were directing the Citizen Kane of porn, right? <laughs> and um, so you, you know, and, 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 and frankly, even though I don't work mm-hmm. for Evil Angel, I mm-hmm. will hand my ex-boss John Stanley a lot mm-hmm. of credit. The year that f- his masterpiece Fashionista mm-hmm. was nominated, that year literally Evil Angel pretty much dominated the whole mm-hmm. whole awards, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I'm not a big story guy for mm-hmm. porno. That's the one work I have to say. Like John did an amazing work. Yeah, I mean, amazing job. I mean, I, that's a masterpiece right there. I, I think, I think, I think with with what happened with Fashionistas was because because John was so closely tied to Gonzo, and with like you know the hey look we're walking on the beach and now we're gonna fuck kind yeah. of movie, um, for him to like pull out all the stops and shoot a movie on film with a really good script and everything else that just kind of made everyone go oh uh huh, you know and. And it was amazing because mm-hmm. it's it, um, quite often when you have a story-based porno, it's it's it, it's not a really great sex scene in my opinion. Yeah. But John knows how to do that. Yeah. And John worked with Rocco Zafredi. You know, I I, mm-hmm. I still say John and Rocco is mm-hmm. porno version of Scorsese and well, uh, and well, uh, De Niro. Yeah, you know? Rocco made what the Ass Collector the year after that, and that no, same year too. But he yeah. won tons of yeah. awards too, yeah. and also Belladonna. So mm-hmm. not only was a great casting. Great location in Europe, uh, Berlin, but I mean, I, I just thought John even made a dance show based on the fashionista in Vegas for yeah, like two, three years. I saw it actually. I, I, I and it's, it's great, yeah. you know. And um, I just think people were not ready for that kind of S and M bondage kind of dance show. But I, I just thought, strangely enough, even in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I just thought, you know, I, I can, I, I give John the greatest credit when it comes to in a business porno mm-hmm. where. Very little originality and creativity. Mm-hmm. John at least tried to fight it and tried to do something with it. Mm-hmm. So I'll give him credit for that. And that year, holy fuck, Evil Angel just dominated. It was like the yeah. most nominated year ever or something like that. I think that. it was one of those years where everybody just started walking out like 
an hour before it ended because everybody knew what was going to happen. <laughs> so it was kind of like Titanic. You know, yeah. you won everything. Yeah. They won everything, right? Yeah. yeah so. I think it was one of those years. <laughs> so, so you you you're in the tough spot because it's it's, mm. it's kind of you have to be delicate because. It's a you, tough, you, you, you want to be honest, but yeah. at the same time, you you also know that you're reviewing people that are actually paying your bills too. Yeah, it's a tough spot because um, it's a you're put in a tough spot because no matter what you do, mm-hmm. it's not enough. Because let's say you do give someone an editor's choice, you know, then which will help sell more DVDs in, in right? theory. In theory, yeah. in theory, because. You had one camp. You, there were there mm-hmm. were two camp. There were two thoughts on that. Right. Some people thought that, oh yeah, you know, this is very important. Reviews are very important, and oh my God, they're so important. And you had another camp of people like, um, like Anabolic, uh, Chris Alexander. He was of the opinion that you know, did uh, uh, what he got for reviews didn't matter. What he got for. Uh, what he got for uh, anabolic, diabolic, yeah. they're like a, yeah. uh, sister companies, and they did basically Gonzo. And those of you, if you don't know what Gonzo means, mm-hmm. basically there's no storyline, yeah. and the person operating the camera is actually part of the story as well, yeah. which is started by guys like my former boss John Stelliano, yeah. Max Harcourt, Eddie Powers, and yeah. all those guys. Yeah, and they didn't care about reviews, they didn't mm-hmm. care about awards because they um, they sold anyway back then. They were selling so much stuff; it was nuts. Yeah, true. Um, I mean, the, that first year I was there, the, the, those first days I was working for AVN, sure. the AVN show in 01, um, Anabolic had a booth up. And, um, you know, somebody pointed out, oh, yeah, that's Chris, that's Chris Alexander. And Chris Alexander was the guy who I'd only known at the end of the credits of every Anabolic movie. Sure. So I went up to him and said, oh, my God, you know, I love your movies, and I'm with AVN. And he's like, oh, gee, I feel sorry for you. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so Chris, Chris never really took the AVN thing that seriously. Okay. And, I mean, but l- like I was saying about the awards, you know, about like for every, uh, for, every, for every weird little story you had, you had another story that, you know, that, 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 was, a, that was a counterweight. Sure. Chris Alexander won a lot of awards, but he never really, but Anabolic and Diabolic never really advertised that much in AVN. And he didn't care. Yeah, and, yeah, he wouldn't have cared if he won the award anyway. So it's, again, it's one of those cases where you'll hear stories, but then you'll hear another story, and at the end of the day, who knows, you know? The only, the only person that knows is Paul. And, Paul Fischmeier, who yeah. created AVN. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, mm-hmm. look, I mean, even with the, even with the Academy Awards, mm-hmm. there's a lot of times where a movie wins and you don't know why the hell it won. Sure. And there's a lot of times where a movie wins and, oh, yeah, well, that makes sense. So... So, yeah. so basically, when you were with and you're doing mm-hmm. a lot of reviews. Yeah, when I first uh, joined up, my uh, my title initially was as an associate editor, and um, when I first when I first joined up, uh, most of what I did was for the magazine. I they see. Had a, hmm? Sorry. I see. Yeah. Uh, they had a website. Mm-hmm. They had a website, but um, the website wasn't that important. But um, at the time, Luke Ford was getting a lot of attention. Uh, and, and I actually interviewed Luke Ford like, mm-hmm. I don't know, 20 episodes back. Mm-hmm. And, it, and if you're listening to this for the mm-hmm. first time right now, Luke used to be the mad drudge of uh, oh, yeah. porno business. Basically, he was not part of the mainstream porn media. And he, oftentimes, he will uh, release uh, news, controversial stuff like... 
Yeah. If there's an HIV outbreak, Luke yeah. Ford would be one yeah. of the guys. Well, he'd be, I think he'd be more like Nikki Fink, you know, Dateline. Oh, yeah. Deadline, uh, you know, I think he'd be more like her. And, and people who listen to this podcast will obviously <laughs> Nikki Fink is a very big um, writer and mm-hmm. gossip and... Mm-hmm. Dateline Hollywood, yeah. Yeah, news about any... Uh, um, current news mm-hmm. in Hollywood and she's yeah. very powerful because people call in and tell her gossip yeah. and rumors yeah. of what's yeah, going yeah. on. And well, I mean, like Nikki Fink, <clears> the <throat> thing about Luke Ford was that he was beating AVN to a lot of stories. And that How was he able to do that? Because, you know, when I started working, mm-hmm. my impression, some, there's a significant chunk mm-hmm. of people hated him. Mm-hmm. One third, other third feared him and I one uh, last third, they liked the guy. Yeah, and Mark Hearns hated the guy. <laughs> Mark Hearns, uh, Mark Hearns, he was, uh, he was over at AVN forever. I don't know if he's still there, but yeah, he hated Luke Ford. Mm-hmm. Um, um, there was, uh, in a lot of cases, you know, there was sort of an animosity towards Luke Ford. Because um, he released, like, let's say, HIV outbreak. He'll mm-hmm. be the first one to release yeah. that. The, the thing is, is, I mean, <laughs> AVN was compared a lot of times to more like the Hollywood Reporter. Sure. And Hollywood Reporter is more about, it, it didn't want to rock the boat, you mm-hmm. know? It didn't want to, you know, it didn't want to put out anything too controversial. But Luke Ford was more than happy sure. to put information out about an HIV outbreak, who was escorting. He was big on that for a long time. What else? Um, and I think, uh, although many of the female performers mm-hmm. fuck in front of camera, mm-hmm. They have a really weird rules like don't kiss me, don't kiss me in the lips, <laughs> and don't tell them I do uh, escort stuff. You know, yeah, it's really weird. Like where escort strippers and porn stars draw a line because mm-hmm. every one of them will pinpo- point a finger at the other one and say what they're doing is wrong. You know, so. yeah, you hear that because you know you talk to a girl in the porn industry, and she's grossed out by the idea that she has to sleep with somebody you know that she doesn't know. Mm-hmm. You talk to an escort, and she'll be grossed out about the fact that you know she'll. They're filming, filming you. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like, but you're kind of doing the same job, right? <laughs> but and strippers are saying like, I'm yeah. not a hooker, and yeah. I'm not going to put, you know, I'm just a dancer, or whatnot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's all kind of the same job, really. But yeah, it's kind of weird where those lines are, though, and it's kind of weird how you're all doing the same job, but your lines are in all these different places, but. You're still doing the same job. And I, I could never say the, the word right, compartmentalizing things. Like Compartmentalization? They, yeah, and yeah. they're just <laughs> able to separate themselves mm-hmm. even though I don't know how they, how, how they would do that, you know? No, but that's true of, I mean, that's true of anybody in the adult business. I mean, mm-hmm. you talk to any girl who's, a, who's in porn, you know, there's that porn persona. Sure. And then there's that who they are, you know, with their boyfriend, significant other, whoever. You know, you talk to the escorts, it's the same thing, you know? There's the person they are for the hour and then there's that person that they are for you know the rest of the day so mm-hmm. and we, we you and I remember we remember um, because we were at it for a long time mm-hmm. can you even describe to the, the listeners like mm-hmm. how exciting it was to go to convention it's not exciting oh, anymore it was, it was great it's not, it's not exciting to go to convention mm-hmm. now you guys missed it it's just never coming back it was fantastic and crazy at the same time it was like it was like finding the golden ticket and mm-hmm. going to the chocolate factory, but instead of chocolate and loompas, there were uh, scantily clad women and you know and uh, and 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 people just throwing swag at you, yeah, left and right. Because um, the, the period ninety nine mm-hmm. till two thousand four, mm-hmm. 
maybe even five. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was unbelievable. Well, I mean, I mean, part of the a big part of the success of the AVN show was the fact that it was held at the same time as CES. Sure. And um, I mean, it was part of CES for a while until Paul broke it off into its own show. In, um, fact, in fact, people were surprised to find out when it was part of CES, you could get in free back then. <laughs> that's what I hear. I mean, that's that's further back than I was in. But yeah, yeah I got in free. I remember that. And and then um, then I think at one point you reach if you wait too long, you, maybe a hundred bucks for like three or four day pass or something like that. Well, I know that in two thousand one, when I first started going. There were a lot of people who tried to get in on the CES pass, and they mm-hmm. were like, "But I can't get in with this." And yeah. they were like, "No." So yeah, that must have been fairly new, as far as like the the show breaking off or those people not knowing. But whatever they were charging, it was worth it in my opinion, because I, I I paid the first couple of years until I started working for Evo Angel in two thousand three, mm-hmm. and it's hard to explain. Is there any other events with the prettier girls possible? But I don't know. Any convention where you had hundreds of these unbelievable sexy and sexual women in one area, and like it was just you just lose your fucking mind. That, that, I, I lost my mind as a fan. Yeah, well, that's true. And but the thing is, is the other thing to remember is that things were different. Mm-hmm. You know, early two thousands, late nineties, <clears throat> even the eighties, because one. You know, I mean, if you wanted to see porn stars, you either had to wait until a porn star showed up to feature at a strip club somewhere right. where you lived, or you went to Vegas and went to the went to the show. Um, it was just one way. It was one. It was one thing or another. Nowadays, you know, there's a there's a lot of porn shows. You know, you got uh, what is it? Uh, well, you get just got a lot of porn shows. You know, you got you got shows on the East Coast. You got shows in Chicago. Got shows all over the place. It's not as special anymore to go and, you know, to have to go to a porn show. And I think the other thing is that there's just um, the other thing is that it's the internet. You know, these girls are a lot more accessible than they used to be. If you wanted to know anything about these girls, you know, it was what you saw on a videotape, yeah. on a DVD, and oh yeah, join my fan club at some, you know. At some discreet PO box somewhere in Canoga Park. Yeah, and you know, but other than that, you didn't know too much about them. But now, you know, you know what they ate for lunch. I, <laughs> I'm so jaded. You know, I, I last um, February or March, Asakira, who is the biggest uh, mm-hmm. Asian porn actress mm-hmm. and friend of mine, beautiful, wonderful person. She danced like once a month, so mm-hmm. she needed someone to go on the tour. So I went mm-hmm. with her. And I, I'm so jaded, I forgot. These guys are paying like literally like $40 to just take one picture with mm-hmm. her. They're more than happy to do that. And mm-hmm. I, 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 I couldn't imagine paying that kind of money. But it's because it's been so, been so long. You can't imagine. It's because you see her on a daily basis. I've been watching it <laughs> daily. I've, I've, I've literally been to Brazil for porno. And <clears throat> Venus Fair, which is the biggest porn convention in the world at mm-hmm. this point in Berlin, I don't know how many times I've been to that one. I've been to... You know, Budapest, Hungary, mm-hmm. hang out with those porn stars places mm-hmm. and, you know, Czech Republic and, of course, you know, San Fernando Valley. And not to mention working for Evo Angel for the 90s and five mm-hmm. years in retail. I'm really jaded. I forget, like, how exciting it is to meet them because I'm friends with Sasha Gray, too. But uh, to me, they're just a couple of girls, you know, friends of mine. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, if you've never been in that world and, you know, you're a horny guy and when you see people like that, yeah, you really lose mine because... 
most people's lives are pretty boring, and porno is like a fantasy world that most guys want to live in, you know? <laughs> oh, if they only knew the truth. Yeah. <laughs> well, what they say, if uh, you know... Be careful what you wish for, it might yeah. come true. And, and 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 don't don't ask how ugly baby and sausage are made because it's, 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 it's terrible. But yeah, so you know, I, I work in different area in the business in AVN. You know, that's mm -hmm. that's like Hollywood Reporter, The Wall Street Journal, New York Times for the yeah. Porno. It, yeah. You know, it's, it was so important and mm -hmm. and you know, I I think people laugh when these girls lose a certain awards like the uh, the best anal actress of the year and mm -hmm. well, they lose it. They lose it on the stage. They thinking. get really angry, and people think it's a joke. No, these girl, these people take that shit really no, no, seriously. No, no, it's funnier when they win. Mm -hmm. I mean, you remember when uh, Nicole Sheridan won for Best Anal, and she was thanking God? Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and Alicia Claus was thanking her parents because they were in the audience, mm -hmm. about, you know, getting fucked by Simo Butts and whatnot. Yeah, it's, I know it sounds silly, but they do take it seriously. And how much do you want to bet that Alicia Claus's uh, guidance counselor says she wouldn't amount to anything? <laughs> I think you're pretty good chance. <laughs> um, so, so how do you, how do you guys handle a situation when there's some controversial happen? Right, like let's say mm -hmm. outbreak of HIV. Mm -hmm. Let's say when you were working, did something like that happen when you were working? Um, that happened a little bit after I left. I see. Um, there was there was an outbreak a little bit after I left, and what's funny is that. There were outbreaks before, mm -hmm. but for whatever reason, they were never really picked up on. I mean, I'm talking about, like, back in the 90s with, like, uh, what was her name? That French chick, Barbie Doll or something. And, uh, Bridget Bardot? No no no, no. no, no, no. I'm sorry. That's that no, real, no, no. actually real French actor. <laughs> no, Barbie Doll or something like mm -hmm. that. And, and, uh, she was fun HIV positive? Yeah, yeah. She came up HIV positive. And the whole thing with, like, Trisha Devereaux. Like, when sure. she... That's my uh -huh. uh, former boss's uh -huh. wife, mm -hmm. John's mm -hmm. wife. But yeah. that, was, that's a lot, that was like 96, 97. Yeah, and even when John came up positive, you know. 97, sure. Yeah, that, it wasn't, it was, it came up, but it came up more as like kind of featurey, like, hey, this is weird news kind of stuff. The outbreak that happened, I want to say in no, 03. But, but let, me, uh -huh. let me tell you something. Uh -huh. I I wasn't I was I, I didn't I wasn't working in the porn business at all when when that thing happened with John I was shocked when I heard about that. Well, Time covered um, Time did a story about John getting infected. I mean, I don't know if you. I saw it, and, and yeah. there was a picture of him, and I believe it's a picture of his. You know, I, I guess his love interest at the time, mm -hmm. Christy Lynn, I think, mm -hmm. and uh, she passed away yeah. within. A year before that too, so yeah. I'm sure it was a tough time for John. You know? Yeah, and um, but uh, she died of a car crash, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, what I heard was John Stalliano and and, and Christy Lane had an oh. argument. She drove drove out of their uh, Malibu home or something. That's what I heard. I don't uh -huh. know if it's true, but oh. um, it was her and her friend dangling from mm -hmm. tree because she was uh -huh. driving Mazda Miata or something, uh -huh. and uh -huh. she was driving really recklessly. Supposedly, that's that's all I remember hearing about mm -hmm. the whole story. Well, it, well, yeah, like I was saying, um, there was an outbreak a little bit after I left. Mm -hmm. um, was it HIV? Or yeah, it was HIV. Mm -hmm. I, it was, I want to say 03, but it might have even been 04. Okay. And it was, um, and um, that was the first occasion I remember <laughs> that it was actually news. Like it was up on like the LA Times. Oh, is that right? Mm hmm And they were actually covering it pretty regularly. And... Um, it's gotten to the point now where um, 
where the outbreaks have been kind of getting attention. Now, to be fair, I've kind of noticed that this last outbreak with this Cameron Bay chick really hasn't gotten the same kind of traction in the news that, it, that the others have. But it, I don't know. I think it's because... Today is, what, September 4, 2013? Yes. And this girl that you're talking about, mm -hmm. within the last three weeks, uh -huh. she was found... What was it? She came Cameron, up positive. Cameron Bay, right? Yeah, Cameron Bay. So... We don't want to make light of it. Mm -hmm. She was fine HIV. Mm -hmm. And I think last time I read, she was working for kinks.com. She did a lot of stuff for kink from yeah. what I could see. And um, and this is where it gets muddy because you don't want to automatically blame the production company mm -hmm. because two other reasons. What, mm -hmm. One, she could be using drugs in an mm -hmm. unhealthy way mm -hmm. or having sex outside of the world uh -huh. too. There's a lot of things mm -hmm. muddy in between, right? So Well, I mean... When people ask me, mm -hmm. you know, you used, you used to work in porn, what yeah. about this condom thing, blah, blah, blah. I tell them that, look, you know, the thing about porn is that you have to keep in mind that there are people, you know, I know it sounds cliche, but they're people too. Yes. You know, they do stupid things. Sure. They, you know, they have their recreational pharmaceutical activities. Sure. And, I mean, maybe you think that because you work in a nine-to-five in an office that has nothing to do with porn that, you know, the kind of people you know aren't anything like the kind of people I know. But yeah. think about it. You know, how many people, if, if somebody had a, some sort of addiction to a drug or something, sure. would they tell you? No. You know, um, if, you know, if the, the women you know, do you know if they go out on Friday nights and fuck any guy that they know, that they meet? You don't know. And, yeah. and even if they are, mm -hmm. you don't know if they're using condoms yeah. stuff either. Well, and, and there's the whole thing about, there's the, whole thing about uh, the AIDS Healthcare Foundation trying to ram uh, condoms down the throats of the industry. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is, you know, like, like we were talking about earlier, you know, um, if, the a if the AIDS testing and the STD testing that the industry does, if it didn't work, everybody would have been dead many times over by now. And, and we also said this earlier mm -hmm. that uh, it's amazing the sheer number of actual people fucking in the mm -hmm. valley. The fact that it's such a small percentage. I mean, we, we want at zero percent, but that's just not realistic. No. Every once in a while, you're going to have these things. Mm -hmm. Having said that, they are getting tested once a month. Yeah. And it's, this is a tough one because I know there are women who work in the business. They rather work in an environment where everyone uses condoms. Mm -hmm. But I think... If she make the issue out of it, she will either work less or blacklisted. I mean, that's just, I'm, I'm, that's my paranoia. I don't well, know, uh, th there's not even a blacklist, really. I mean, when you think about it, who's going to shoot a girl that only works with condoms? I right. mean, outside of, what is it, Wicked still shoots mm -hmm. with condoms? I mean, uh, the consensus is that condoms don't sell. I right. think condoms don't sell. I, why would I want to watch a movie with condoms in it? Sure, it's, it's very similar. Well, it's because people are paying mm -hmm. to experience fantasy. Yeah. And when people think about fantasy, they don't think about wearing condoms, mm -hmm. you know. And, and, yeah. <clears throat> and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I don't want to see condoms when mm -hmm. I watch people having sex because, well, I mean, you know, that's, if I want to do that, well, then I just have sex. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they're in a tough bind now because this girl was found HIV, uh, Cameron Bay? Is that Cameron Bay, yeah. Bay. And and now they're trying to figure out if her boyfriend has it mm -hmm. and where she could possibly got no, it. Her, didn't her boyfriend come on Twitter the other day saying that he was... Uh, HIV negative. Uh, HIV negative. Hmm. 
Okay. At least that's what I read last. You know, they were saying so they're doing detective work and figure out where it originated and things uh. like that. But that that's all I know. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> um my former boss and you know, mm -hmm. I don't mind talking about it, mm -hmm. John Staliano, he is HIV positive mm -hmm. and he did this scene three years ago in Miami mm -hmm. with a girl, I think Katie's I can't remember what's her Katie's last name, but she was relatively new, mm -hmm. uh, and this is based on what I read. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Basically, she got into business. Um, she was only into it like 10, 12, maybe two mm -hmm. weeks into it, mm -hmm. and John did not put his dick in, in her mm -hmm. pussy, but he inserted his fingers in her vagina and mm -hmm. an asshole and mm -hmm. her face and things like that, mm -hmm. supposedly. And the chance of getting HIV through that, astronomically low. Mm -hmm. However, it, my gut feeling is like, she should have been told because you know john's wife karen karen Stalliano, uh -huh. aka trisha they were saying uh -huh. well everybody in the business know but uh -huh. if you're only in the business for 10 12 days it's kind of reasonable that you don't know everything yeah so um i don't know how you feel but someone with hiv doesn't tell another person that they have hiv yeah and they're inserting their fingers in, in their ass or in pussy well i i read some of the coverage of avian like a couple of months ago but mm -hmm. i didn't you know go into detail with it but it Considering the fact that AIDS is the big boogeyman sure. in in the porn business, and in seeing as how that's the fact that you know that's the wedge, that's the uh, you know that's the way in that people are using to uh, force regulation into the business. Sure, it's kind of weird that that um, John wouldn't have thought that that something like this would happen, you know, because you know it's it's. So this, to you, this is not a moral issue, but it, 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 that, does it seem like... It seems like, a weird, it seems like a weird situation because, like, like I said, you know... Why would you put yourself in that situation in the first place? Yeah, because, mm -hmm. if, because okay, true, but, but, but Trisha's, but, but what she said is true. Everybody knows he has AIDS. And you're also right. The girl's only been in for 10 days, so she, maybe she doesn't know. She probably doesn't know. Mm -hmm. But at the same time... You, John, you know that it's a we that's going to be a weird situation and a weird scene to watch, <clears throat> you know, because everybody knows, you know, you have AIDS and you're HIV, HIV. Yeah. A sorry. HIV. And you're touching this girl and and, you know, it's like it's gonna, it's looking a little sexual. So it would make people feel kind of weird, don't you think? It makes me weird. I'm not going to go and say it's a criminal thing, uh -huh. but, but it's I, weird. I, I do think it's. I'm not a philosopher, uh -huh. but I could imagine somebody in the ethics will probably tell me that it does sound unethical thing to do to yeah. someone. It's 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 like not only it just seems like he's a very successful rich person with a good reputation for what it is in the porn business. It just seemed like a behavior thing. Like well, why would, why would you put yourself in such a dumb position? Exactly, and I mean the only outcome that's going to that the only outcome the only logical outcome out of all of this is that the girl's going to say, "Oh yeah, you're one of the most richest pornographers in the business right mm -hmm. now." Cha ching. <laughs> <laughs> and I and, and I think you know maybe something will come out of it. I heard mm -hmm. like he's he's going to start making those movies, stretch class, where you know he's always inserting his finger. Supposedly, mm -hmm. I worked for Evil Angel, but those his movies I didn't touch because somebody mm -hmm. else always did them. Uh -huh. So I, d I don't know. But um, it's it's why put yourself in a position exactly. like that? That that that's what I don't understand. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's just weird on strange, like weird, strange, and not a good way on mm -hmm. so many levels. Because it's kind of like you're like 
okay, it's, it's, this is just weird to watch. And his wife, you know? Karen Stallion, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Trisha Devereaux, it just, she never ceased to amaze me how much she hurt the company by keep opening her stupid mouth because her argument was everybody knows. Well, everyone knows that you're not supposed to bring kids to porn company or have underage kids in the movie or fabricate documentation or putting your kids in an environment where she ended up taking porn to school. All these things I've said in other podcasts mm-hmm. is true. I think most people know that, and her, she should know out of all the people because her brother is like principal in Illinois. Yet, most decent person who know that, but they brought kids there for years anyway, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I made a stink. It, it, I just didn't make a stink just because I got fired. Mm-hmm. I made stink for three, four years mm-hmm. because they were trying to cut costs. Uh-huh. So at least tr- Karen used to be in another building with kids, so they mm-hmm. were kind of away. Mm-hmm. <coughs> but Christian Man, my former GM, tried to cut costs. So he moved everyone in cri- right next to uh, each other's rooms. And like, okay, I understand you need to cut costs, but not at the expense of like putting kids in. I mean, you should, they shouldn't have brought the kids anyway, but it, it was just crazy. So whatever the argument they're making, there's a lot of ethical lapse on Evil Angel's part. And, and, and partly it's because they're so successful and big mm-hmm. and no disrespect to people who work w- runs XBiz, the media company mm-hmm. and the AVN but it's hard to uh, criticize people that are paying you revenue for ads Th- there's a conflict of interest and well you know, um, back when I was working at AVN mm-hmm. um, and believe me Evil mm-hmm. Angel is not the only one doing these goofy unethical stuff there's plenty of other ones uh-huh. I, I just hear about it. I don't know for certain. Only thing I could uh, comment is Evil Angel because yeah. I was there for nine years. Well, back when I worked at AVN, mm-hmm. um, Mike Ramon handed me off this story about something he'd heard in one of the internet news groups. And it was about how um, when Vivid would release a movie initially, the, 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 uh, the movie would run as long as it ran on tape. But then when they re-released it later, like a couple months down the road, it would be cut to fit like a 90 minute tape. I see. You know? And uh, it was, uh, so far as I could tell, it was true. But before I could write anything up about it, Mike yeah. Ramon comes up to me and says, You know what? You got to kill that story. You got to kill that story. I didn't ask from who. I, 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 I suppose it had something to do with the fact that Vivid bought the back page every month of AVN. Yes. And, uh, you know, Paul was really close with Steve Hirsch. So. Steve Hirsch owns mm-hmm. Vivid and Paul Fishman owns AVN. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I understand it's business. Sure. You know, I, I'm not I'm not an idiot. And if I work, believe me, if I if the kids didn't bother me, I would have reported earlier. Mm-hmm. But I made an issue with the uh, <laughs> HR person, GM, whatever. It's just people people in position of power are going to go get away with it. They didn't criticize, and they find a reason to fire me. Some other bullshit reasons, whatever. That's just part of life. But. Um, it just bugs me when these news organizations pretend like they're looking after the interests of performers and yeah. trying, trying to have an ethical practice. And in the reality, give me a break. Well, I mean, you know, the AIDS Healthcare Foundation, they're based in West Hollywood. Most of, their, uh, most of the people that they service for the most part was the gay community. Sure. I mean, nothing against the gay community or anything, but why is, somebody, why is somebody whose primary audience, the gay community, why does he suddenly have an interest in straight porn? You know, I mean, and granted, you know, you're right. There's some girls who would rather work with condoms, but the majority, the majority are fine with, you know, with the regime, with the testing 
with the testing requirements that are in place. Right. Um, and it's it's like it's an outsider. Essentially, what it is is an outsider coming in and saying, you know, you should do things this way. Sure. I don't know how you do things. I don't know why you do it. I don't know why you do it this way, but you should do it this way. And you know, the thing is, is the way that things are done in porn is it's done that way because they've had a bunch of HIV outbreaks, and they've had you know. Back they, in they, the, they they will have a temporary stop of production. Well, and, and more importantly, back in the eighties, it's not like anything any of any testing went on at all. Sure, but it got to. The, but you know, there was enough uh, concern about it after you know after an outbreak that people decided, hey, we need some kind of testing. But my impression was uh-huh. it was concerned that they were worried about government interventions that they were preempting that problem by. Mm-hmm trying to do something. But look, mm-hmm. this is just not porno. Like last year in NFL football, mm-hmm. a player in Kansas City Chief uh, shot and killed his girlfriend, mm-hmm. then himself at the uh, Chief's uh, headquarters. Mm-hmm. And it's a big news for a couple of days in the NFL, but come next Sunday, it's back to business because there's just too much money, too much people's life will depend on it. I, ju- I sound so jaded and cynical, but I just think even if there's outbreak in HIV every once in a mm-hmm. while, Temporary stuff, but you know how it's just the business going to go on. I don't think you can even compare it to the head concussion <clears throat> thing because, I mean, the head concussion thing is just rampant in the mm-hmm. NFL. You, in order to, for that argument to stick, you know, you'd have to have like, you know, a good percentage of the, uh, sh- of the straight, of the straight uh, uh, you know, porn uh, uh, performers walking around with HIV. Sure. And I guess it's kind of important that what's not really said or what's not really covered is that the way things are done on the gay side yeah. of the porn industry and the way that things are done on the straight side of the industry are two totally different things. I mean, they might as well be in separate universes. It just seems like my impression is there's probably a higher outbreak of HIV within gay porn community. My understanding mm-hmm. is that, and again, this is my understanding. Most of what I know comes sure. from working in the straight side. Right. Um, from what I understand, <coughs> The gay side of the industry assumes that everybody has HIV. Yes. And, I mean, so testing is not as important because, oh, well, if I'm assuming you have HIV, you know. Yeah, you can't get AIDS twice, Yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah, so that's a different scenario, sure. Mm -hmm. And, of course, there are people outside of the porn business, they have ulterior motive getting in. You know, getting involved. You know, well, I mean, I'm, and I'm sure that for whatever reason, the AIDS Healthcare Foundation thinks that there's some kind of pot of uh, there's some kind of pot of gold. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in making us wear condoms, either by, you know, um, either by getting some getting in bed with some condom company to you know make us all wear condoms, or some kind of government grant or something. But you know, but the fact the fact of the matter is, is porn is a very weird thing. I mean, people. Uh, People can't, I mean, people watch porn, people consume porn, but people, people don't want to admit it. You know, and people don't want to admit that, you know, the, the, the L.A. County, the L.A. City County, they don't want to admit that porn's being shot in L.A., even though everybody knows that porn's being shot in L.A. Sure. I mean, they pass the condom law, but they just keep on kicking the, you know, they keep on kicking the enforcement down the road because I don't think they really want to enforce it. And, 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 you know, I'm a comic, too, and whenever mm-hmm. I'm on stage, I ask how many people watch mm-hmm. porn. Mm-hmm. Maybe one or two honest guys, but the uh, rest mm-hmm. of it don't raise their hands or mm-hmm. uh, 
acknowledge it. Yeah. I don't know how many billion dollar business it is, but it's huge. But yeah, yeah, two guys, just two guys are yeah, buying. Two guys all are <laughs> spending five hundred million dollars <laughs> each, or whatever. <laughs> so it's 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 it really literally is touchy subject, and people don't want to talk about mm -hmm. it. But having said that. I, I do have a lot of respect for people in this business, especially the performer, because it's mm -hmm. like wrestling. It's not easy on your body. It's not. And 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 uh, I, I really believe that, you know, I'm sure many uh, extreme radical feminists probably mm -hmm. don't agree, but I, I just think strippers, hookers, porno, and you know, people people call women mean names like sluts, but mm -hmm. like if if it wasn't for sluts. There will be more violence in the country, I think. You know, you look at places like Northern Africa and places like Egypt, mm -hmm. you know, it's so conservative. Only way you could have sex with somebody mm -hmm. is if you're married, and the uh -huh. only way you could get married is if you have a job and a place uh -huh. to stay. So uh -huh. if you're a young man without a job and opportunity, uh -huh. you know, they're frustrated uh -huh. because sexually, I, I just think sex business really do help whether people want to admit it or not. It is very important. Well, the thing about the sex business is that. It's strange in the fact that it is what everybody projects onto it. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an inkblot, right? Because it's not just, it's not a job. Right. You know, like if I worked at IBM, it would just be a job, you know? Absolutely. But, you know, if you, work in, if you work in the sex business, you know, I'm an awful man because I'm exploiting women. Or I'm some sort of free speech hero because sure. I'm standing up for the rights of, you know, offensive speech and this and that. Or, uh, you know, I'm this free spirit, blah, blah, blah. And that's especially true with the women, you know. Ooh, if you're a woman in porn, you're a slut. Ooh, yeah. if you're a woman in porn, you're liberated. Ooh, if you're a woman in porn, you know, this and that. But what they never stop to think is that for most people in this business, this is just a job. Sure. This is just a means of getting paid. You know? Um, it's, it's just... Especially young, if you're a young gal, just turn 18. Sure. You have no marketable skill in education. But the girls make, for a scene in this business, lawyers don't even make per hour. Yeah. Well, most lawyers don't yeah. even make per hour. <laughs> it's, it's, and know. it's very like, addicting to them, too, because... Well, money is addicting. If if you're getting you know, money is addicting because you get whatever you want with, with the money. I mean, ten years ago, uh -huh. if you're eighteen year old girl got into business and you're attractive and mm -hmm. a nice body and a great energy as far as fucking and stuff mm -hmm. like that, you know, you're getting thousand, fifteen hundred, even two grand depends on how pretty you are for mm -hmm. seeing. And imagine if you do that for a couple of years and all of a sudden you decide to get out of it, what are you going to do? Work at Mc, uh, McDonald's yeah. or Starbucks for eight bucks, nine bucks an hour? It's really hard to get out of that cycle because yeah. you get used to a certain type of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> I don't judge them, but I, I, I wish if you're going to get in, I hope you don't have abusive boyfriend or husband. Mm -hmm. I hope you don't have a drug problem and you just save money. One of the person mm -hmm. I always mentioned I have so much respect for was Sandra Romaine because she said, what fucking difference does it make if you make one movie or 700? Once you cross that one line, people are going to judge you. So. Mm -hmm. As far as I'm concerned, Sandra Romaine from Romania, she saved a lot of money, retired, and but the girls from Europe, they're a little more grounded in the sense that it's just like, a business. They yeah. almost have a hooker mentality. Yeah, how much I'm getting in, in, in a good way. In, in a, a good way, yeah. In, in a sense that they approach it like this is a means to an end. Yes, it's not. It's not me. You know, it's not me. Uh, you know, it's not me making a statement against my father. You right. know, it's not me. You know, it's it's trying to get this, attention. Yeah, it's just a job, and um, you know. But in America, it seems like 
at least a lot of the girls I've met recently, it, it's all about, oh, I want to be famous, you know, just for the sake of being famous. Sure. And not for any other reason than just to be famous. And there are definitely um, two schools of thoughts on that one. You know, yeah. I, I, of course, the most American girls tend to be more vivacious and mm -hmm. personality and mm -hmm. fun to watch fucking, mm -hmm. but... Your your Eastern European ones, at least you could kind of feel better about yourself by thinking like, well, at least she's taking care of herself and her family. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I like the European girls; they're real pretty and stuff. But I mean, Monica Sweetheart was one of my yeah, favorite. Yeah, yeah. But they're all kind of pretty and hot in the same kind of way, though. You yeah, know? it's kind of strange. But yeah. So <laughs> you did that. I'm sure mm -hmm. you you had you know. Office politics, mm -hmm. as usual. Sure. You did that for you, and uh -huh. so when you start doing um, PR, mm -hmm. who who was some of the like you, you used to represent Lexington Steel, right? Yeah, I worked with uh, Lexington Steel's uh, somebody. Uh, I don't really work in the PR side anymore, but mm -hmm. every so often Lex will call me for something. Um, I do a lot of work for um, uh, who else do I do work for? I did a lot of work for Andre Madness back in the day. Uh, did some work for New Sensations. Uh, you know, uh, worked for a lot of people. Sure. Uh, I mean, when I got when I got out of AVN, um, it was around 2003, and it was right about the time where suddenly um, it was kind of at the peak of the whole madness of of people deciding that they were going to open their own shop, they were going to open their own production studio, and you know, just own their own product. Um, Which was a good news for any fans going there because. I always tell people those convention floor was full of booth, uh -huh. so many hot girls, uh -huh. and I it mean, was crazy. And, and the booth would sometimes compete the other booth by some of the girls who show tits and stuff. Yeah, around two thousand five, it got corporate, and like you couldn't yeah. convince girls to do that kind of yeah. stuff. But that ninety nine to two thousand four or five, man, I yeah, it was uh, unbelievable. Yeah, it was. I mean, um, it, it was. It, this this is better than seventy versions that Muslims are you know <laughs> promising you because seventy two virgins or whatever. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, it was just that at that time everybody got it in their head that they should. All these directors got it in their head that they should just own their own product. Sure, you know, you remember what it was like. I mean, oh, it, yeah. was, it was kind of based on on the evil angel model actually. You know, because they're all those directors technically own their own product. John Stagliano, uh, with a heavy uh, background in uh -huh. economics, and at one uh -huh. point he was thinking about being an economic professor, and uh -huh. John's an extremely smart guy. Uh -huh. I questioned some of the behavior, but he's a smart guy. And he, what he did was he understood people react very well to incentives, so he believed that if you he give the directors ownership in his, his, their product, they'll make the best product because they will benefit the most. And he'll take, I don't know, 10, 15, 20, yeah. whatever the percentage of each sale of their movies. Yeah. And uh, it was a win-win situation for the director and yeah. for John, too. So he did very well for many, yeah. many, many years. And there was so much porn back then. I mean, do you remember how much porn there was back oh, then? Oh, my God, yeah. It was like, it was like there, there was porn literally, well, maybe not literally, but there was porn coming out of people's assholes. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy yeah. amounts, yeah. I mean, it, it's... And uh, also, uh -huh. it was around that time where the popularity of DVDs, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. not only DVD was great, because whatever the old movies, mm -hmm. the Evil Angels sold, they were, I think they were excited because they could mm -hmm. resell those movies in a DVD format. Well, that's what's interesting, because when I first started working in AVN, that's mm -hmm. when DVDs were kind of getting traction. That's right. And um, at the time, um, I, talked to, I talked to Christian Mann. You're, well, you know, Christian Mann. 
And the guy I, who fired me from Evo Angel. Yes, yes, your buddy. Yes. <laughs> and um, my you know, arch enemy. Yes. At the time, he was over Video Team. He was he was mm -hmm. he was the owner of Video Team. And I asked him, listen, oh, so DVDs, how are they doing? And he told me, oh, yeah, well, you know, they're going strong, but we're still selling more VHS. The year after that, it was like, so I was DVD doing. It's a Christian man again. And he said, oh, yeah, well, you know, it's catching up, but we're still selling a little more, v little more VHS. 2000, the year after that, I talked to Christian. He's like, yeah, this is the year that we're selling more DVDs than VHS. But here's the thing. All of the, and I've talked about it with some friends of mine who used to distribute and some friends of mine who were in sure. production. The thing is, is all of these people thought that they were going to have their VHS sales plus their DVD sales. Right. It didn't occur to them that DVD was going to replace VHS. Right. I don't know why. Well, I mean, why would you want to watch a VHS right. if you could watch a, a DVD? And well, you know what? What's interesting that mm -hmm. some of these older perverts uh -huh. they hate new technology, so they keep demanding to buy VHS. I, I guess, mm -hmm. yeah, I guess. But I mean, and but the other thing is that all of these people thought that DVD was going to be the next big thing. And what I mean by the next big thing is, I mean like the way that the video cassette replaced theaters. Sure. Because when video cassette replaced theaters, you know, it it upended the way that porn industry had done business up until the 80s. So they thought that DVDs were just going to be this new thing. That Can was I explain to the younger listeners? Because <laughs> they, they, they probably think this is crazy. So back in 70s and 80s when VCRs for many people was out of reach, <laughs> they didn't have access to it. If you want to consume porn, you literally have to go to CD porn theater. Like I remember Pussycat Theater was one of the mm -hmm. legendary mm -hmm. porn theaters throughout Southern California and Northern mm -hmm. California too. Yeah. And if you want to go see porn, you have to go to a porn room full of guys. And I guess in theory, if you want to jerk off, the proper dance, go to the bathroom and jerk off. Well, and a shout some, out. Some guys would jerk off in the theater too, you know. And as a shout out to all the people listening were from Honolulu and know what I'm talking about, Queen mm -hmm. Theater and, mm -hmm. and Hotel Street. <laughs> but Yeah, uh, so, you yeah. know, so VCR really... Changed everything. Changed everything, you Be know. Because you didn't have to watch it with a bunch of other guys. Right. And, mm -hmm. and, 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 like, after the DVD and Internet, porn has well, huge influence in those three different technologies. Well, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is, though, is that when DVDs came on board, everybody thought, oh, my God, this is going to be the new big thing. Sure. Like, oh, my God, people are going to want to listen to these, these, these commentaries about this movie that I shot. <clears throat> Not really. Not really. <laughs> or, like, oh, my God, they're going to want to watch this alternate angle that I shot. Not, Not really. really. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 yeah. and even Blu-ray, mm -hmm. you know, people said this is going to help, oh, save the business, whatever. But, okay, if you're watching Titanic or Godfather or Jaws mm -hmm. or Star Wars or mm -hmm. 2001, all these great masterpieces, uh -huh. maybe the clarity is a wonderful part of uh, purchasing the new format. Uh -huh. But there's some things you don't want to see too clear, well, which is <laughs> naked girls with their, you know, yeah. uh, well, I mean, well, well, the other thing disease. Is Body parts. Well, the other thing I remember is that back when HD DVD and Blu-ray first came on, everybody was saying, porn's going to decide who, which format's going to win. Yeah. If you remember, they went with HD DVD, which did not win. Right. And, I mean, I always, you know, it, it's, there's always that whole sort of like, well, porn leads technology. It's not necessarily true. It's sure. just, you know, it, it just seems that way. Um, but, yeah, but, but everybody thought that DVD were gonna, was going to be the thing, the thing that changes everything. But what they didn't see was that DVD was just more of VHS. Right. 
I mean, it, it, it uh-huh. does have added feature, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. it gave me livelihood for nine years but behind the scene. But you were watching, yeah, watching it the same way you were watching VHS. Sure, but there's additional stuff. But mm-hmm. um, I, even I realized around mm-hmm. 2006, 2007, mm-hmm. we're in trouble. Well, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is nobody took Internet seriously. You know, the Internet guys were all these weirdos from Florida. Sure. You know, and they <laughs> shot this weird stuff in a van, you know. Then who's going to want to watch stuff on the internet? You know, with the, the the computer screens, they're so tiny and takes forever to load and da da da. But nobody saw that that was going to be the thing that changed everything again, because some people, for whatever reason, think that porn is some sort of communal experience. It's not. Mm-hmm. People want to watch porn as privately as possible. Uh, absolutely. You know, they don't want to. I mean, the fact that you. I mean. I think that, that porn has a much wider audience now that you don't have to go to, now that you don't have to go to a theater to watch it, you know, and now that the fact that you can just download it off a computer, yes, uh, that, I mean that makes it all the more easier to access, and that you know all the you know, all the, you know, it makes it that much easier to to, to watch. It's 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 really weird because people told me it's it's like drug, it's addiction, mm-hmm. but the thing is, mm-hmm. if you have a real drug addiction like crystal meth and mm-hmm. cocaine. There's no way to download that stuff. No. You actually have to buy. Yeah. So if you're addicted to sex and porn, you actually literally fulfill whatever that addictive need you have for porn, and yeah. you could get it for free. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like saying you're addicted to masturbation. Yeah. Really is what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, and if that's true, then every guy in the U.S. would have to check themselves into a clinic somewhere. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's you know, they're, they're in the bind, and frankly... I'm definitely not the smart person to figure out the answer for, and I don't, I don't know anyone has figured mm-hmm. out the answer for it because mm-hmm. this is the same question that people in music, journalism, mm-hmm. movie, and TV shows mm-hmm. have to try to answer every day because mm-hmm. this digital format, it mm-hmm. changed the whole world, revolutionized mm-hmm. technology and mm-hmm. things like that. But at the same time, how does the creative people that produce these things get paid? You know, And it's, it's, we have no answer uh, as far as I'm concerned. We've well, got to remember with porn, it was just all of these people were in the right place at the right time. It's not because they had a great business plan. You know, it's not because they had some sort of unique, granular, uh, you know, knowledge about mm-hmm. what, what people want to see. It's because they were in the right place at the right time. And Well, like that uh, Alexander guy you talk about for mm-hmm. Diabolic, uh-huh. I just remember, uh, I think he started that... Which, which came first, Anabolic first? Anabolic, and then I think uh, one of the sales guys formed Diabolic. Okay, right. Yeah. And the salesperson uh-huh. probably just fell into it, yeah. and, uh, and he's a smart person. And, hey, people want to see this. Why don't I just shoot that? He shot yeah. it, and for, I'm sure for the first 10, 12, 13, 14 years of it, massive success. Of and, uh, you know, congratulations. Yeah. What a great business to be surrounded by mm-hmm. beautiful naked girls and mm-hmm. make money out of it. Mm-hmm. But I just know that I got in at the wrong time. You know, no. it, it was literally like I was only a year or two away from beginning of the end. Everybody I've talked to, you know, everybody I've talked to who's who got in around the same time I did, like you and a couple other people, we always sit around and say, "What if we got in this business ten years ago? It would have been so much different for us." Yeah, you know, because I mean, you talk about you you listen to those old timers talk about like how things were. It was like you you'd have to be an idiot not to make money in this. Sure. And this was before piracy. This was before the internet. This was before people decided it was a good idea to give this <clears> stuff away. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, it's you listen to these guys, and but you also, when you listen to these guys, you also realize that they didn't really know what the hell they had. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, 
kind of going back to what I was talking about, you know, um, all that, you know, all those movies just just kept on coming out. I mean, every year it was more and more movies. And uh, one year I talked to, I was I was just going back and forth with Ben Pryor. Um, yeah. And uh, he was he was working with me at AVN, and I asked him, "Listen, when is what when is the saturation point for this stuff? When are we going to reach the point where people just won't buy this stuff?" Anymore? And I think the biggest problem for people who used to make a lot of money mm-hmm. and just assume this is going to sustain itself forever. Mm-hmm. Some I'm not going to mention name, but they they spend money like crazy, and now they're they're back in the corner because it's hard when you were used to certain lifestyle, sure. and all of a sudden you're not going. It's just not going back. That this is 100 percent guaranteed. It's just mm-hmm. not going back. That's yeah. one of the few things I'm uh, yeah. sure about. And um, yeah, I, I I don't know what they're gonna do. Um, I mean, I still wish the best. You know, my friends. Mm-hmm. You know, that the Steve Holmes of the world mm-hmm. and. Brandon Irons of the mm-hmm. world and Rocco Cifredi, Joyce Severa, and I, you know Christian X of the world. Yeah. I, I hope that, hope them nothing but the best. Um, Somebody's going to figure out how to make money again because there's mm-hmm. money to be made, and if there's money to be made, somebody always figures out how to make it. The problem is, though, is that I think the way that this business has been, has, the way that this business works, at least the way it's worked for the last fifty years, mm-hmm. it's, it doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. It, it there's you know, there has to be something that, you know, there has to be something that you could still do in this business and make money off. Yeah. Now, the other problem is, is that all of the, like, the AIDS Healthcare Foundations, all of those people, they're basing their, they're basing all of their... Well, what uh, do they do? I mean, obviously... Yeah, yeah well, they're basing their gloom and doom on the way the, the on the way everything's do, used to be done. Sure. Like, oh, my God, or, you know, we, if we just do this in L.A., everyone will wear condoms. Right. But, you know, companies are going to Vegas, you know? They're, they're trying to sue uh, the state of Florida to make them wear rubbers. But, I mean... There's, uh, un- there's unintended consequences because you could try to force people to wear condoms. They're just going to move to another area. Yeah, and the thing is, is, okay, I know there's a lot of people who think that, yes, making them wear condoms makes a lot of sense. But on that level, mm-hmm. you know, of forcing people to put on a rubber sure. when they're having sex... And they're consent. They're consenting adults, you know. At that level of uh, that level of regulation, you know, it has to strike you as being strange. Because if they're willing to do that, then what else are they going to be willing to sure. do? Sure, you know. Well, um, you know, you were talking. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe you might be moving to Hawaii. I don't want you to do that, but uh, yeah. I do. I do want to talk to you again. You know, down the road again about if some some new develop in the business, but. I like to spend whatever the little bit of time we got left, little something that is only you and I could share, uh-huh. which is um, one one of the two things. First one is, um, you, you, so what was your parents' reaction? Because you're Japanese American, um, born, raised in Hawaii, and you know this business is not full of heterosexual Asian guys. We could literally count a handful of us. Uh-huh. And and what was that reaction? Uh, well, did, first of all, did they know that you Mr. Were? and Mrs. Hentai are very proud of their son. But, yes. uh, <clears throat> you know, as for the person who, uh, you know, was, uh, as, for, as for me, mm-hmm. as, uh, as, as the, uh, you know, as, in all seriousness, no, they don't know. But, oh, well, they don't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, let's keep it that way. Um, <laughs> my... My family knows. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't really care because I don't get along with them. Mm-hmm. But it's really hard as an Asian mother when she hears 
Her, friend, for her friend's kids are like, you know, this so-and-so is accountant, lawyer, and engineer, yeah, yeah. and, you know, professional job. And last thing you want to do as an Asian mother is to tell people, like, my son works for Buttman. You know, that, this, 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 it's really tough. Well, maybe if your son owned Buttman, that would, well, that would, sure. that would be good. <laughs> so, you know, there, there, I mean, how many of us there? Well, yeah. I mean, you and I, we don't work in it, but we were, big, we were, we were part of the business. You, myself, there's Dan Miller, Asian mm-hmm. guy that worked for yeah. XBiz. There was that guy. Kenny that Styles, the only male yeah. heterosexual yeah. performer. Well, uh, he's not the only one. There's a guy that has, um, there's that guy on amateurcreampies.com. He's, okay. He's, he's Chinese or something. Yeah. Uh, Rick Lee. Yeah. He's Asian. But you don't see his face, right? No, you don't okay. see his face. Yeah. And there's another one, like a professor at Berkeley or something that makes po- Asian po- guys with Asian porn or whatever. Doesn't sound very, doesn't sound very entertaining to me. No. <laughs> it was more academic, I guess. Academic porn. And there was two guys, so it was two Vietnamese guys at the wanted list, but they don't even exist anymore. Well, they weren't really in porn, though. They were like you and me, where, you know. Oh, yeah, they were know. more the Netflix of porn. Yeah. Where you could rent DVD porn through Netflix, which... On surface, when I heard about it, it just like sounds crazy because after these guys jerk off and live a mess, is, you're going to ship it in the mail and who's going to clean that mess? I just thought it was such an impractical idea. About, it was a good idea, but people don't like watch a whole DVD. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can go to, I mean, even back then, tube sites were kind of catching on and sure. like, I mean, even if you just had 15 <laughs> seconds, that was enough. So, but yeah. Um, there's not a lot of us, no. And there's definitely not a lot of us in front of the camera. I right. mean, there's, and you could even say that about women, too, because think about how many female performers are in this business that are. Asian. I mean, Asa is probably one of the biggest of all time at this point. But, you, but I mean, there's, okay, there's Asa, there's, uh, there's uh, who else is there? There's, uh, uh, there you go. I mean, it's that many. You know, you're kind of at a loss to think about who, who else. And because, I mean, because they don't really stay that long either. Eventually they, they leave, they become escort or they get married. They just completely disappear. But yeah, it's, 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 it's strange. There was one other Asian performer, but he got stabbed and murdered three, oh, yeah, four years that, ago. Yeah, that thing with the cliff. Yeah. yeah. And when, that, when, I was, when that happened, I was flying back from Europe to USA and all people heard was some Asian person working in the porno business got stabbed to death in bad nights. Oh, all my friends and family thought I got stabbed to death, you know, and because I was flying back from Europe and didn't respond, they really thought I was dead for a while. Well, he died from a samurai sword too, right? Yeah, <laughs> this black guy with mental problems grabbed a samurai sword. He was trying to stab the manager of this porn production company, white guy, and this Asian guy was nice enough. He tried to stop the fight. He got stabbed to death and he, he was killed you know and there's so few of us in the business <laughs> now in japan of course there's thousands of the japanese performers but in the states there's very few of us mm-hmm. you know so um but the japanese the, the the japanese industry is way different than our industry you know for it's, sure and a lot of that stuff is like psychological based porn you know yeah yeah i mean you're talking about contusion and stuff that stuff's pretty twisted in that respect <laughs> there's a lot of psychological yeah. stuff and i think if there's Three main hubs for pornos is USA, Japan, and Germany, for sure, yeah. when it comes to porno. Um, well, wait, I um, uh, I guess we talk about Asians and American and mm-hmm. porno. And you, 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 what was it like growing up in Hawaii? We got a few more minutes. Um, you uh, know, any indication at young age? Because 
what's his name from there too? He he's Chinese American director. Bob Chen. Bob Chen, yes. Oh yeah, but, but, he directed John Holmes. Yeah, uh, yeah, but, but he but, came up with that that uh, with, that the film, with the guys that shot on film. And yeah. for theaters. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, when I grew up back there, it was it was just this kind of it was this nice tropical place that was kind of behind everywhere else. You could make an argument that it's still kind of like that. And there was any sort of dope business that kind of influenced you when you were young? I mean, it's not like they shot porn there. There's a fair amount of strip clubs. I see. You know, and, um, you know, but it's not like they shoot a lot of porn. Um, some people have tried, but mm-hmm. the thing is, is that it's just the girls from Hawaii just aren't that interested on being on camera. It's a small place, so if you yeah. get on camera, people are like, uh, no, oh, right hey, away. yeah, I've seen you before, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and it's, um, you know, it wouldn't be... It's just not the kind of place where a lot of girls do porn. That's not again, like I said, that's not to say people haven't tried. Right. But, uh, so, any any um, advice if if people are thinking about trying to get into business right now? If you want to get into the porn business right now, you either have to be hung like a horse or uh, and you're able to perform from the camera. Yes. And have enough personality to be a star, like yeah. James Dean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, but if you had a dick that big to begin with, they'd find something to do with you. That's true. <laughs> or uh, just have a shitload of money and be prepared to lose a shitload of money before you even have a chance of seeing any kind of money come back. Or you, mm-hmm. you're, they're so savvy with the Internet, they do something new with it. Because mm-hmm. that, I think that was the problem with all production companies. Mm-hmm. They're, like Stalliano, for example, mm-hmm. he was savvy enough when the new mm-hmm. technology camcorder mm-hmm. was available. Yeah. He yeah. was able to change the business because before it was uh, all film and real mm-hmm. crew and production, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but he was able to perform, direct, cast, and produce and edit by himself. Mm-hmm. He was almost kind of like the Louis C.K. of the porn back then because Louis, for the, his stand-up, he does everything for, by himself. Really? Yeah, he, 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 he write the script, uh-huh. he cast, he direct, he perform, he edit, he even fixed the equipment. He learned that sh- all that shit in high school. Huh. So he did everything. So... When you're that creative and he knows every facet of what he's yeah. doing, he's, he, he, he does a quality art. I know he's got that, that really sweet deal <laughs> with his contract with like FX to just basically do whatever he wants with it. Sure. Show. And I know that a lot, of, a lot of comics want that now. That's kind and, of. And, and, and um, the president of the company, FX, John, mm-hmm. why am I forgetting his last name? Start with L. But um, they gave him, relatively speaking, for what it was, such a low amount of money per episode that mm-hmm. he thought it was a low risk, high reward situation. Mm-hmm. And Louis proved him wrong. And I think Stalliano's case was he was able to do that. He was, well, able, he was able to use this new technology well, that's himself. A, that's exactly what happened. Because, I mean, if you wanted to shoot a movie, you know, before Stagliano or for Gonzo. You're making a film. Yeah, you know, and it costs so much money yeah. to do that. And you had to find people who knew how to shoot on film. Sure. It's not like you can hit a button and everything everything turns out okay like you can with a camcorder or even an iPhone. I mean, you know, that's what, I think that's what killed the business. You know, the fact that anybody could shoot a movie. So anybody did shoot a movie, and pretty soon everybody was shooting a movie. And that was the problem with guys like, not just Daliana, but all the old school pornographers, mm-hmm. this new technology called internet, they just couldn't fathom what, what, what it is, how to take advantage of it. And by the time they realized it was too late, then that the new crops of young kids who were good at internet was, mm-hmm. or, you know, Brazzer was basically created by those three or four Canadian kids up in... Uh, yeah. 
Montreal area. I think the problem is, is when people come into the business, they're very self, they, they're very self-deprecating about what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, they they don't see it as being anything more than what it is. But if you stay in the business long enough, you suddenly take all that stuff seriously. For whatever it is reason. a business. Well, well, it, it, you you take stuff seriously in the sense that oh my god, I am making this movie, and I, oh my god, it has to be perfect, and you know that sort of thing. And I mean. Quality counts, sure, but at the same time, you know, um, you're making porn. You know, I think sometimes people lose sight of the fact that you're making porn. And, 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 and it is a, I mean, literally hard work. Mm-hmm. I mean, fucking beautiful girls, great, but mm-hmm. you know, like Joey Severa, he's a real pervert mm-hmm. with kind of perversion that's very sweet and like not, he's not malicious. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of like the sweet. Perversion, like mm-hmm. he loves women, and mm-hmm. he does it. He makes a good training movies. Mm-hmm. He's really into what he's doing. He believes yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. And just like Rocco, I remember one scene where he was standing on the boat, and boat was moving. Unbeknownst, they were sailing underneath a bridge. It slammed his head. He was bleeding. Like mm-hmm. I mean, he was, you know, people get hurt. Like mm-hmm. guys sometimes get their dick bent. Uh huh. Oh, you know. Oh yeah, like Prince. Or, yeah, yeah. These kind of things happen. You know, it's it's not always fun and. You know, pleasure all the time. So oh, it, yeah. it is a lot of work, and there, there's a reason why guys like Rocco Sefidi and Joyce Severa and John Stallone, they're successful because mm-hmm. I'm sure the, some some luck there, but a lot of it's very because because they work really really fucking hard. Yeah, and good at what good at what they do. Well, I mean, that's the problem. You know, people come into this business and they think that you know it's going to be easy. It's it's you know how hard can this be? And then it is very hard. Yeah, try I mean, to try to fuck in front of a camera. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, that's what I think. That's what people don't understand. You know, you're not. It's not like you're doing it at home. You're doing it in front of an audience. You're not just doing it in front of an audience. You're doing it in front of an audience that's seen this a million times before. And it's not just that they've seen it a million times before, but it's lunchtime, and they want to fucking eat lunch, mm-hmm. and you're holding them up because and, you can't come. You uh-huh. can get hard. And if you, you get th- nervous, yeah. And if you think that they're going to give you any kind of uh, any, they're going to cut you any slack because of that. They're not because you know what they could do a better job because sure. they've been there. You know, and you yeah. know what they probably could do a better job. Well, yeah. um, Wayne, thanks for doing. <laughs> um, I, I know you're still looking for maybe outdoor opportunity in LA. So it, yeah. how does a people contact you? Like, do you have a Twitter account? Uh, yeah, you can reach me at, at W-H-E-N-T-A-I on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, at w, uh, W-H-E-N-T-A-I. Oh, W-N-Hentai. Okay. W-Hentai, yeah. yeah. And um, do you have a Facebook or anything? Or Yeah, uh, Wayne Hentai. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so if, if you guys are listening to this and if you happen to be uh, interested in having a former journalist and PR person who understand adult business very well, and since he's Asian, you know he works very hard. <laughs> you know, because I, I, would, I would hate to see you go, and even though I haven't worked in the business for the last, I don't know, 19 months or whatever, I still read about it, I still keep friends, because I just don't want to throw that, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to do that either, so. Well, I'm all about working the hard-working stereotypes. So yes. That's absolutely cool as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but uh, wait, I hope you don't go, and uh, if you do, good luck with everything, and, uh, you know, just uh, let me know what's going on, and hopefully sure. if Wayne does go back to Hawaii, once again, if you have any sort of employment or <laughs> PR or do business opportunity, you know, contact me at dumbyoshi at <laughs> gmail.com or my Twitter account. But, yeah, help Wayne, because he's a great guy. 
he put a lot of time in this business, and believe me, it was not easy for us. You know, like mm-hmm. we we we're minority, but we were also minority in the business <laughs> too. So, and that um, being said, buy one of Yoshi's shirts for sure. Yes, uh, Michael, my my um, coworkers been bothering me. So, if you can donate money to, through PayPal, please buy my T-shirts because I I have to pay bills uh, out of my pocket. And it's been really tough. I like to continue doing more episodes, hopefully twice a week. And please download Yoshiden app, and uh, that's it. Wayne, thanks for doing this. Hope to see you again. Good luck with everything, and um, I hope you stay in LA. And uh, please, everyone, please help Wayne. <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> Thank all you. All right, guys. Good night.